mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, this 4th of July will be the first under a new Ohio law legalizing many types of consumer fireworks, giving safety officials concerns about a big jump in the number of accidents and injuries. Also this morning, even in a time when differences of religion, ethnicity, culture, or even political beliefs are weaponized to stoke fear, judgment, even hatred of each other, there are still examples of man's humanity to his fellow man, if we are bold enough to look for them. And this summer, the Children's Mentoring Connection is marking their 40th anniversary with a passport contest to recruit 40 new members for kids on their waiting list. We'll get details. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, June 30th, 2022. We've got the big 4th of July holiday right around the corner, but don't let that don't let that uh, deceive you. We still have uh, reasons to celebrate today. It is National Organization for Women Day today. Also Social Media Day. Think about uh, all of the ways that social media has changed our lives. Not always for the better, but today, Social Media Day. National Meteor Day, National, uh, it says National Meteor Day, International Asteroid Day. Now, there's a difference. I know that there's a scientific difference, but I think for intense, for all intents and purposes, for most of us, meteors and asteroids, we use that... Uh, we use those terms interchangeably. Asteroids are when they're in space and meteors are when they fall to the earth, right? Is that the, the difference? I know there's a scientific uh, difference. By the way, that actually uh, reminds me, you uh, saw this story. I think it was a couple of days ago I first saw this uh, in the story. NASA uh, is really baffled as to something that they have found on the moon. Uh, apparently... They have discovered the crash site of a rocket that collided with the surface of the moon earlier this year. Uh, They clearly can see a crater, a double crater, in the surface of the moon uh, that the only real explanation is it was a rocket that that crashed. But here's the, the confusing part. Uh, Since the discovery, none of the space-exploring nations on Earth have claimed responsibility for the mysterious projectile. (laughs) So, we know that, uh, we know we didn't do it, we didn't send a rocket to the moon, and none of the other countries in the world that are capable of doing so uh, will at least own up to sending a rocket to the moon. So no one knows what exactly it is and how it got there. Uh, NASA says it just happened sometime this year. How they know that, I don't know. I guess maybe because they were looking at that part of the moon previously and there was not a crater there, and now there is. And so somewhere over the course of the past six months or so, this rocket has crashed into the moon but no one knows where the rocket came from. Ooh, we are not alone. Anyway, where was I? In, uh, National Meteor Day, International Asteroid Day, National Outfit of the Day Day, National Bomb Pop Day. <laughs> Bomb Pop. Those are those, I think we've talked about this on the, on the program before. Those are the, uh, the popsicles 
that look like uh, red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue uh, bombs. Very, very popular. Uh, were introduced back during the Cold War era and uh, became very, very popular. You can still get them, get them now. They look like uh, look like bombs, colored red, white, and blue. Bomb pop day and National Handshake Day today. So offer up a hearty handshake to someone. Uh, so I have to mention this first. Uh, this is the most important story, I think, of the day. The last living World War II Medal of Honor recipient has passed away. Former Marine Corporal Herschel Woody Williams, who earned the nation's highest decoration for his bravery in the Battle of Iwo Jima, died peacefully at his home in West Virginia. According to his family, the age of 98, the last remaining World War II Medal of Honor recipient, has passed away. President Harry Truman awarded Woody Williams the honor for his bravery. Apparently, after he uh, served in the military, he spent uh, like 30 years working for the VA. So a lifetime dedicated to service and to service of others who dedicated their lives to service. Herschel Woody Williams has passed away at the age of 98. Uh, definitely want to take a couple of moments and recognize that we talk about uh, how quickly we are losing the members of the greatest generation. And he was among the greatest of the greatest. So, so uh, 4th of July holiday coming up right around the corner and with uh, flight delays continuing to be a problem uh, and with the process uh, prospect of even more problems looming ahead. Not just this weekend, but the rest of the summer travel season. Senator Bernie Sanders has come up with a brilliant idea. He is calling on the administration to fine airlines for flight delays and cancellations. Some of the steps that he would like to be taken. He outlined this in a letter yesterday to Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He said he proposed a $27,500 fine per passenger per passenger for domestic flight delays over two hours and international delays over three hours. Uh Uh-huh. He also proposes requiring airlines to promptly refund all passengers, uh, issue refunds for all passengers for any flight delayed over an hour. (laughs) And... And a $55,000 fine per passenger for airlines if they cancel flights that they know cannot be fully staffed. (laughs) Oh, man. Bernie's outdone himself with this one. I mean, honestly. Uh, He's as a big part of the problem is that airlines... Well, he he didn't say this. Uh, Apparently, he doesn't understand this. Big part of the problem... The airline's workforces shrank because of voluntary buyouts during the pandemic when air travel plunged. Nobody was traveling and the airlines were trying to survive. They had to shed staff uh, and, and streamline because they weren't left with any kind of a choice. And they were anticipating that air travel would take years 
to fully rebound. I mean, that was what everybody was predicting. But then the pandemic ended and travelers returned much more quickly than anyone anticipated. And now the airlines are struggling to keep up with the uh, demand. (laughs) And so, of course, in Bernie Sanders' mind, the best way to help the airlines get back on their feet is to find them and make them refund all of the uh, money for every passenger for any flight delayed over an hour. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. <laughs> I mean, really, what is what? Uh, anyway, <clears throat> he's outdone himself with that one. Out. Refunding that one was the one that really got me. refunding all passengers for any flight delayed over an hour. Wow. (laughs) That we don't need airlines anyway. We'll just shut them all down. That's that's seems to be appears to be the goal. I don't know, man. Oh, man. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, You've heard about this uh, golf, uh, this new golf tour, the live or LIV golf tour. Uh, that is uh, backed by Saudi Arabia and is competing here with the PGA. Uh, Their uh, latest event kicks off today in Oregon at uh, the uh, Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club and a group of 9-11 victims and a group of 9-11 victims' families and survivors will be protesting the first event in the U.S., of this Saudi-backed golf tour. Uh, All but four of the 19 hijackers on 9-11 were Saudi citizens. And uh, Brett Eagleson, who was 15 years old when his father died in the collapse of the World Trade Center, tells the Associated Press, we want these golfers to know who they are doing business with. Uh, Live Golf or LIV Golf has been offering eye-popping signing bonuses to get golfers to join up, as well as big prize money. Uh, Golfers have been asked about Saudi Arabia's human rights violations, including, not the least of which, the uh, murder of Washington Post journalist and Saudi dissident Jamal Khashoggi, a very grisly murder, as it was reported, The golfers have responded with variations on the message that golf can be a force for good. But I don't know. Uh, One senator, Ron Wyden of Oregon, where that uh, event will be held, the first one of this new tour in the United States, he's called the event sports washing by the uh, Saudis to distract from their human rights abuses. So that should be very interesting those uh, protests by the way speaking of uh, international relations i saw this story on the <laughs> newswire um so nato is having a uh, summit uh near madrid spain this week and uh <laughs> international officials attending the summit and journalists covering it the summit uh had sort of an eyebrow raising moment uh one of the menu items at a restaurant at the high security summit site near Madrid at the top of the menu on Tuesday evening was a dish called Russian salad. Uh, The dish is a combination of peas, potatoes, carrots, and mayonnaise. It is a staple on Spanish restaurant menus, but they call it Russian salad. (laughs) 
Kind of ironic considering the top agenda item for the NATO summit is Russia's ongoing attack on Ukraine. So <laughs> it does seem like an odd, it seems like an odd choice for a menu item at the NATO summit, Russian salad, given <laughs> what's going on in the world and exactly what they're talking about at NATO. Russia, not a NATO member. Uh, so, so anyway, just kind of weird. Raise your eyebrow and think somebody really wasn't thinking when they decided to do. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. Uh, WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, plenty of sunshine expected again today with a high in the low 90s. It'll be mostly clear tonight with a low of 68. The Kiwanis Club of Finley presented some local kids who are colorblind with specialized glasses so they can see colors as they truly are. 13-year-old Kale was one of the kids who got the new eyewear and his parents are very appreciative. It's very exciting for us because we didn't realize, you know, that Kale was even colorblind until the school nurse called us. And then things started making sense of why he was getting, you know, our car confused with other cars or um, he was missing, like, some stuff at school on papers. So this is really exciting. The Kiwanis Club of Finley is the first Kiwanis in the country to work with Enchroma to help students overcome the learning and everyday challenges posed by colorblindness. See video on the website. Abortion clinics are suing the state of Ohio. Attorneys for abortion providers want the Ohio Supreme Court to declare the heartbeat bill as unconstitutional. Attorneys for Planned Parenthood and the ACLU say the Ohio Constitution does more to protect health care rights than the U.S. Constitution. Anti-abortion activists, however, say the lawsuit should have been filed in a lower court instead. I'm Angela Ann. Intel is putting together a plan to get employees ready for the huge computer chip factory it plans to build in Ohio. The Columbus Dispatch indicates the company will start recruiting this fall for its New Albany plant. The goal is to first make the hires, then train them at their plant near Phoenix, Arizona for a year before moving them back to Ohio. The goal is to hire 3,000 workers. The plant is expected to open in 2025. I'm Andrew Kinsey. A new law will go into effect on Friday, allowing Ohioans to have fireworks and uh, set them off on certain days. The law also gives local governments the power to ban fireworks. The city of Finley says residents will be allowed to set off fireworks, and they'll see how it goes this year. Meantime, the Finley Fireworks Show will be held on Sunday night, July 3rd, at the Hancock County Fairgrounds, and the Flag City 4th of July Parade will be held the following morning. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now our cover story this morning. This 4th of July is going to be the first under a new Ohio law legalizing many types of consumer fireworks. And that definitely brings up the question of how concerned are safety officials about a big jump in the number of accidents and injuries as a, res- as a result. Kevin Shanice from the Findlay Fire Department is with us in the uh, studio this morning. And uh, obviously uh, there's concern, but there's concern every year uh, about uh, fireworks that have previously been illegal that uh, may be legalized this year. Sure. The concern is always that we want everybody to be safe, you know, regardless of what they're doing, legal or illegal. You know, we don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, And, 
you know, use things safely and things like that. So there are there are some uh, maybe misperceptions or some confusion regarding this new law. What is allowed? Where it is allowed? And what is uh, what remains illegal? Sure, you know, as anything new comes out um, and people have had time to digest it and uh, get ready for it. Um, you know, there are certainly some things with this that are the same way. Um, you know, you can't just starting July 1st is when the law goes into effect. Mm-hmm. You can't just shoot them off any day. Yeah. Um, there are specific days throughout the year that they are allowable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would mean that it would be done by midnight because it starts a new day at 1201, right? There you go. Um, so, you know, that would be just for that day only. Obviously, people don't typically shoot off fireworks during a day. So it really kind of, you know, pins it down to basically 930 to midnight ish, mm-hmm. you know, time frame, mm-hmm. um, depending upon what day of the year and a time of year and things like that. Right. Um, you know, and they have to be purchased from an Ohio retailer. Um, so here locally, the closest one would be, yeah, you can't just go right, you know, drive up to Michigan and grab them, Mm -hmm. um, or things like that. So, uh, you need to make sure you do that. Um, the biggest thing is, is you have to shoot them off on your own property, property that you have legal permission to use. Um, so you can't put them out in the street. You can't go to a schoolyard. You can't go to a park um, and just automatically assume that you can shoot off fireworks wherever you want. They have to be on your property or property that you legally have permission to shoot off fireworks at. Okay. Um, which changes things, you know, because we obviously want you to stay far enough away from cars and houses and sheds and fences and things mm-hmm. like that. And right. obviously someone else's property. And uh, obviously far enough away that people can be safely uh, at a safe distance when you're uh, setting these things off, too. So Correct. you have to account for that. Yeah. I mean, you think about a residential city lot. That doesn't leave any room. Mm-hmm. Um, so it certainly does make it difficult for folks in town to shoot off anything of a significant size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously take into account this year with how dry it is right now. Um, right. You know, so you've got brush, you've got grass, you've got things like that around that. We just really want to make sure people are being safe if they do decide to shoot some stuff off. Yeah. So uh, some restrictions on location. And then there are also uh, some restrictions. Uh, the law uh, at the state level allows for municipalities to prohibit fireworks. Uh, Findlay has not prohibited. There are a couple of uh, towns uh, in our area that have. I think Tiffin has. I think Billy Fostoria has uh, prohibited it. I know Toledo is uh, prohibited. So there are some places where you can't. Yeah, the law allows the local municipalities to um, decide not to change and mm-hmm. you know adopt a new law. Um, and in Finley, we've kind of taken a proactive approach to it and said, let's see how it works. Yeah. Let's give people the opportunity to show us that they're being responsible. They're not causing any issues. Um, but it's certainly if we decided that it does turn into a giant disaster or there's a bunch of issues or there's people getting hurt, mm-hmm. um, we feel it's in the best interest of public safety. We always can look at that. Yeah. Now, uh, with respect to the types of fireworks, is it now legal for anything that you said you have to buy it in the state of ohio but anything that you buy in the state of ohio would be legal i mean if it can be sold it can be used or that is correct it's it's considered 1.4 g fireworks um you know locally bluffton uh, would be the closest place to finley Mm -hmm. uh, to purchase those types of things and yes if they sell it you're allowed to use it okay uh so with that in mind let's uh offer up some safety tips i guess first and foremost you mentioned how dry it has been certainly fireworks can set off a, a fire and we don't want that to happen yeah absolutely you know first and foremost we want everybody to be um, of right mind. So let's not be impaired. Um, you know, everybody has a couple drinks around the 4th of July and says, let's shoot off fireworks. Right. Maybe let's make sure we have the sober person shooting off the fireworks and we're not causing an issue because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, we want to make sure that people that are viewing um, are staying away from where the people are they're shooting. 
um, you want to have a bucket of water. So if one of these things malfunctions or as you use them, throw them in the bucket of water and it will cool it off. Um, same thing with the bucket of water. If it doesn't light, um, so the fuse goes out, don't try to relight it, throw it away. Um, and I know you're tossing away a couple bucks maybe, um, mm-hmm. but for your own safety, right. um, you know, it puts you out of that danger zone, you know, you, cause you don't want you standing over top of them, trying to shoot them off. And next thing you know, it blows off in your face or mm-hmm. it blows off way too quick because the wick is now significantly shorter. Right. Um, and you know, that's how people lose fingers and cause damage to their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you purchase them in the state of Ohio, you will get a safety guideline. It kind of talks about some things that you should consider. Um, they will offer you a pair of safety glasses as well because the Save the Sight wants to make sure you don't lose an eye, you don't lose any vision issues, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So they want you to do it as well. So um, then other things to consider is it's dry. So stay away from mulch, stay away from really dry grass, maybe have a hose available in case that, you know, it lights the grass on fire where you're shooting stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but ultimately just keep people away. Um, don't shoot them out of containers. Um, the containers can actually blow up. So if you use like a mason jar or something like that, the concussion of it may be big enough to blast that. Yeah, part. I remember uh, when when we were kids shooting the bottle rockets out of the bottles, and yeah, not really a smart thing to do. Yeah, or your hands, you know. And that's, I mean, it's you could call it a container if you wanted to, but um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want those things going off in your hands. I remember as a kid, we would do things like that. We'd yeah. throw it with our fingers, and yeah, um, you know, that's certainly not the safest thing to do. Exactly, and. Um, with all of those things in mind, also need to remind uh, folks about the safety precautions that we've always talked about with the fireworks that are have previously been legal in, in Ohio, which, you know, the, the smoke bombs, the sparklers, the things that a lot of times people don't think of a lot of danger associated with those. But again, they are fireworks yeah people underestimate how hot a sprinkler a sparkler gets yeah. um you know i mean it's nothing for those to be 2000 3000 degrees mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times you're putting it in your kid's hand it's a metal rod mm-hmm. um it's very easy to burn or their kids are running around with bare feet it falls on the ground somebody steps on it so um, people underestimate sometimes how hot those things get and how easy it is to get burnt. Yeah. Is that uh, some of the more common injuries that you see uh, around the 4th of July? I mean, we talk about uh, all of the extreme injuries that are possible, but really some of those uh, simple things, I would yeah. imagine, are the most common. Absolutely. You know, some someone burning their fingers or something like that is probably the most common thing. Mm-hmm. You know, hands and feet are probably the most common thing. Yeah. You know, people are running around in sandals or, you know, barefoot or things like that. But I would say those are probably the most common things that we see. So again, to sort of recap with this new law, the things that people need to understand uh, are that uh, only certain days, uh, you know, so limited to this weekend and I think next weekend, yep. um, and then you can't just shoot them off any time. And also on your property, I, again, I been to the uh, fireworks at the uh, fairgrounds on uh, Sunday evening, and you'll see sometimes people using fireworks there. Again, yep. can't do that. Yep, absolutely. So. You know, and, and the other part of that, too, is be a good neighbor. Um, you know, we have veterans in our community. We have people's pets that are in our community that mm-hmm. typically don't like fireworks. Um, yeah. You know, it causes them some issues, uh, some anxiety and things like that. So be a good neighbor. You know, be cognitive of who you live next to. Be cognitive of who is in your neighborhood. Um, and you know, it's not fair to those folks that, you know, they have to relive or have issues, Mm -hmm. um, you know, during this time of the year and, you know, just kind of be a good neighbor. Yeah. Uh, all really important uh, things to keep in mind with this uh, new Ohio law regarding uh, fireworks and coming up on the uh, 4th of July. Again, uh, Kevin Shanice from the uh, Findlay Fire Department with us this morning. 
Kevin, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, appreciate Hope it. Everyone stays safe uh, this weekend. Well, you know, it's sad to say that we live in a time when the things that differentiate us from our fellow human beings are often weaponized to stoke fear and suspicion, even hatred of our fellow man. But it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, even with those divisions, there are examples of man's humanity to our fellow man if we look for them. Ari Middleman has looked for them. He is a columnist for The Times in Israel who has worked with diplomats and government officials from across the world. His new book is a collection of stories of heroism, humanity, and hope. It's called Paths of the Righteous. Ari, what is it? And and this may be a, a, a big question. I'll ask you to kind of theorize on this a little bit. What is it that is driving this division, this fear, this hatred that we see all too often these days? Is it politically driven? Is it the rise of social media that brings narrow-minded people together and gives them that voice? Why is it that we find ourselves refighting these old battles in the 21st century? Well, thanks very much for the opportunity to join you and your listeners. Um, uh, I, I don't have an answer. Um, I, I think if, if, if any of us had an answer, uh, we, we would have a way to conquer um, this hate. Um, but uh, look, we saw how this year began in uh, in Texas, uh, outside of Fort Worth at that synagogue there and mm. that, that horrible standoff. Um, and just more recently, uh, we saw the hate that fueled what happened uh, up in Buffalo. Uh, so this is something that, unfortunately, as you mentioned, uh, persists in the United States and abroad today. Uh, but all we can do is uh, remain optimistic and combat um, uh, this with, with positive. What You bring up a good point. I also want to make sure that we emphasize this because uh, Americans uh, as a whole do tend to suffer from isolationism in the sense that we don't really pay close attention to that which is happening outside of our country, uh, outside of our borders, unless it directly affects us. Uh, but it is worth noting that this is something that is not necessarily unique to America today. Yeah, un- un- unfortunately, that is the case. Uh, the German equivalent of the FBI uh, just released a report um, in uh, the previous few days that showed a 28% uh, spike, uh, and unfortunately that sinks with uh, elsewhere across our NATO allies and the Western European democracies. Um, so once again, I, I don't have an answer. Uh, I wrote this yeah. book looking uh, for for positive stories uh, that that weren't in these dark and depressing headlines. Like uh, like you said uh, before, the best we can do is to uh, not only shine a light on it, but also uh, to share the positive where we can. Hence the idea for the book. Talk a little bit about the stories that you feature here and how they are aimed at giving hope and optimism and inspiration. Uh, sure, thanks. So I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and uh, what happened on that last Saturday in October 2018 at the synagogue in Pittsburgh when 11 innocent uh, Pennsylvanians lost their lives for mm-hmm. doing something uh, I do, and I'm sure many of your listeners do, they, 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 they visited their house of worship, and that, that just shook me to my core. Um, and I was looking for positive stories, as I said, that weren't in the depressing headlines. So it's um, uh, eight fast-paced uh, short stories, just eight incredible, um, unique individuals, uh, four men, four women, some from the United States, some from abroad, uh, black and white, uh, and a Latina from South Florida, um, who just really are doing an incredible, I know I'm biased, I'm the author, but <laughs> they're just doing incredible work, uh, not looking 
for any sort of uh, attention necessarily, and certainly this isn't the most lucrative uh, or easiest uh, path they could have taken. Uh, but to a person, as I was sitting down with each of them, they just said it was the right thing to do. That well, that was actually going to be the the question that I was going to ask next. What inspired these? Is there a common denominator among the people who are the focus of these stories? So the eight individuals I profile in my book, um, uh, these, these are uh, eight diverse Christians who've gone above and beyond for the Jewish community in, in the last decade. Um, yeah, it's as diverse as a, a, a black firefighter um, from South Florida through uh, the, the Croatian medical doctor. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, you know, I would strongly uh, welcome any feedback from listeners uh, who have a chance to read the book, but... Um, no, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, different themes came up in my interviews, but um, once again, the one, uh, regardless of where where these folks are, what their profession is, uh, how old they are, um, it just kept on coming up that it was the right thing to do. That they didn't think twice uh, about it. And you know, uh, Chris, we we see too often uh, a universal pattern when it comes to uh, the, to hate crimes and bigotry uh, in our society. There's there's uh, those that that do speak up and speak out, um, like many of your listeners. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, I think in exponentially larger numbers, there's those that just kind of put their head down and look the other way. Um, and to get to your original question, if there is any sort of antidote or way of combating hate, I think it's that more of us need to uh, speak up, uh, yeah. speak out, uh, e- even if it's somewhat uncomfortable. That old saying that and, the- and, and in some of these instances with these incredible individuals I profile, uh, you know, they, they amongst their peers, amongst their coworkers, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, they, they were ostracized, but um, they, they certainly persisted. That that old saying that the only thing that has to happen for evil to take hold is for good men to say nothing. I mean, it really proves that old adage. Very true. And it also obviously the uh, the stories center around anti-Semitism and combating anti-Semitism, but there is a larger message because that is not the only uh, segment of the population that's been uh, marginalized or targeted uh, for for hate for their differences. Correct and. You know, we, we, we saw this, unfortunately, uh, up in Buffalo right. as this, um, uh, uh, this the fallout uh, as we're still reeling from uh, that tragedy up there that um, hate, hate is hate, uh, right? And uh, as awful as it was what happened when we look at um, the writing uh, of, of this domestic terrorist, uh, there was a lot, a lot of anti-Semitism. And we've seen this. Too often, um, we, we saw this in Texas with uh, while a synagogue was attacked uh, at the start of the year. There was just kind of blatant uh, anti-American. Everything we stand for as Americans and and and, and, and uh, as, as a democracy. Um, it, it it would not be fair to to ask if you have a favorite story from those among the book, but is there one that uh, that stands out? Can you kind of give us a uh, an idea of you know one of the stories from the book to give people an idea of what they'll find in there? Well, I appreciate you prefacing it. Uh, we, we've had events across the country, um, and that question always comes up. And, yeah, you know, I, I say it's like a teacher having to kind of <laughs> pick his favorite student. Exactly, um, and that, that, that's just inappropriate. Um, 
No, I'm just super grateful that these these eight diverse uh, leaders gave me their time, um, and we, which is really you know the most valuable resource we have. And they they took the time to have deeply philosophical and personal conversations. Um, as I mentioned, I mean it's it's four incredible women, four incredible men, um, some from the United States, some from uh, from Europe, from Guatemala, from uh, South Africa, even. Um, and, and each and every one of them uh, inspired me uh, over what I think all listeners I, would agree has been kind of a, a difficult three years. Yeah, I, I guess the the larger question what I want to get to is the kind of the takeaway uh, from this. Um, all of these people are doing uh, great things, but it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, going so, I mean, it, the takeaway I, I would imagine is that we can all do simple things. We all can do what we can do in order to uh, overcome these this hatred and and this division that we uh, see now. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting to there. Yeah, as, as I was uh, getting to know these uh, incredible folks and uh, researching and, and working on each of these um, uh, chapters in the book, um, I realized that um, there's kind of innate uh, attributes that, that really define or really what make them uh, uh, tick. And the more I spoke with them, I, yeah, I realized that um, uh, these are unique. I don't uh, profess to have each of these, but um, and, and this is actually what uh, each of the chapter titles for those who haven't read the book uh, uh, come from. But um, yeah, I realized that, that at the end of this long journey of sitting down with these folks and the researching, um, is that when these eight attributes are combined, I do think they provide a blueprint uh, for what it means in uh, today's unique, crazy times that we live in uh, to pursue a righteous path in, in today's world. Ari Middleman, again, is the author of Paths of the Righteous. You have a website where folks can learn more about the book? Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, the publisher set up, um, uh, it's just myname.com. It's uh, A-R-I-M-I-T-T-L-E-M-A-N.com. And the book is uh, certainly available online wherever folks uh, get their books and um, actually planning all sorts of events in Ohio this uh, uh, this fall. So hopefully awesome. we can meet folks in person. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Stories of heroism, humanity, and hope for a world that very much needs it right now. Ari, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. 20 years of good mornings on WFIN. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Authorities in Florida, Central Florida, have uh, finally arrested a suspect after a string of bank robberies. Uh, Nicoe Brown, I think is how you pronounce it, Nicoe Brown, uh, he's actually from Maryland, was accused yesterday of stealing thousands of dollars from the McCoy Federal Credit Union in Belle Isle, just south of Orlando. Uh, they say he's a serial bank robber, uh, pulled off several heists. The FBI is now taking over the investigation when they asked Mr. Brown why in the world uh, he robbed all, all of these uh, these banks thousands and thousands of dollars he said he needed money to make a movie 
Well, okay, there you go. I guess that makes sense. Just... <laughs> he said he just couldn't resist the demons. And he needed money to make a movie. He uh, actually has previously served 19 years in prison for a series of bank robberies. So <laughs> maybe that's what he was going to make a movie about. I'm not sure. But anyway, guess his movie won't get made. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, a now former employee at a meat production plant in Chile has <laughs> some extra cash on hand after he was accidentally paid 286 times his normal salary. Now, here's the story. Uh, the report says the company accidentally paid this employee, whose name is not given, by the way, uh, but the company accidentally paid their employee more than 165 million pesos instead of the 500,000 pesos he was supposed to receive. <laughs> His salary is 500,000 pesos. He gave him 165 million. Although the man initially promised to return the extra money, <laughs> he evidently changed his mind, instead handing in his resignation letter and disappearing. <laughs> the company is now trying to take legal action against the uh, former employee. I, the now former employee. I, I don't know. I mean, they paid him voluntarily. Uh, he didn't rob them of it necessarily. He just didn't give the excess money back. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about the law in uh, in Chile. I have no idea uh, how that would uh, how that would work there as compared to here. But uh, what would you do if you got suddenly looked at your paycheck or your bank statement? And you find out that your employer deposited 286 times your regular salary in your bank account. Somebody got some explaining to do. Um, speaking of people behaving badly on the job, a now former Los Angeles International Airport employee is headed to federal prison for stealing some very valuable cargo that he was uh, in charge of. A shipment of 2,000 gold bars was on a stopover at LAX back in April of 2020. One box of 25 bars ended up missing. <laughs> and and Marlon Moody, a cargo handler, found the box. Uh, so here's the thing. there it, It's at LAX, and apparently somehow one of the boxes of, of several boxes uh, got misplaced. So uh, Mr. Moody found the box and initially was hailed a hero, but apparently he decided to help himself to a few of the bars from from the box. When he found it, he helped himself to a finder's fee. Uh, Mr. Moody then gave one of the gold bars to a co-worker, Brian Benson, uh, also gave one to a family member and then buried the remaining two. Each bar by the way, valued at roughly $56,000. I guess he figured 2,000 gold bars. Who's going to miss four of them? The feds. The feds missed four of them. And Mr. Moody was sentenced yesterday or a day before yesterday. He was sentenced earlier this week to a year in federal prison. And Mr. Benson, to whom... Mr. Moody gave one of the gold bars. He served four months for his involvement in the scheme. <laughs> Who 
who's gonna miss a, who's gonna miss four gold bars out of two thousand? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. This story out of Dayton, Ohio, where a man whose name was not given, I wouldn't want my name to be given if this was me either, but a man in Dayton, Ohio, barely escaped death after hearing a mysterious whistling sound coming from his private parts. I read the first line of that story and I said, I'm intrigued. I've got to learn more about this. A whistling noise, a mysterious whistling noise coming from his private parts. The man said he heard what he described as a hissing sound emanating from his nether region and figured he'd better go to the emergency room. (laughs) I think that's a pretty good decision right there. If I heard whistling, a hissing noise coming from my privates, I would head to the emergency room, too. Doctors found that he had excessive amounts of air in his body. It actually had caused his lungs to start to collapse. And as for the hissing noise or the whistling noise, they found an open wound on the side of his private parts, and the air was leaking out. It was actually leaking out of his body, and that's what was causing the noise. After three days in the hospital, his lungs had recovered, and he has been now uh, released. He's in good condition. He's going to be just fine. (laughs) And he has a story to tell if he decides to share it with it. I think I would keep that to myself, actually. You know, I don't think I would tell too many people about that. That's crazy. (laughs) And finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, people these days are so reliant on technology, maybe too reliant. In Vermont, uh, things got a little spicy for local traffic authorities when the driver of a semi-truck thought his GPS knew his route better than the multiple warning signs lining the side of the road. This is at Smuggler's Notch in Cambridge, Vermont, um, Highway 108, that uh, is local route that goes, I guess, across this uh, mountain in in uh, Vermont. It's too narrow, and it is impossible for uh, tractor trailer rigs, semi trucks, to fit on the road and traverse uh, this mountain path, and so they post signs. Several signs saying the area is not fit for, you know, big trucks. And the signs even list safer routes for truck drivers instead. But this driver got himself stuck on one of the sharp turns and had to close the road down for several hours to uh, clear the truck. Uh, The driver admitted to police that he ignored the signs, clearly posted signs in favor of his GPS. Uh, He uh, faces a $3,500 fine. He's going to get points on his license for a civil violation uh, for going along a route where trucks are prohibited. Uh, (laughs) Local officials say, thanks to the power of GPS, this is not uncommon. In fact, locals take bets predicting on what day the first truck of the season will get trapped in the notch. 
takes on this. It's a common occurrence. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is the sound of a popular American motorcycle. It's the sound of freedom, the open road, really good times. And this is what it sounds like with a drunk guy in it. How do you like the sound of that? Cops are cracking down on drunk motorcycle riders. If you ride drunk, you will get caught and you will get arrested. Drunk riding. Over the limit, under arrest. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We were mentioning about the new Ohio fireworks law that really only permits uh, fireworks to be uh, discharged during certain times of the year. But grilling, that's the other big thing people will be doing this weekend, that you can do anytime. And a lot of people do. A new survey of 2,000 U.S. adults conducted by one poll on behalf of the Kansas City Steak Company for National Grilling Month in July, finds that 48% of Americans say they have even grilled outside during a snowstorm. (laughs) Uh, 56%, or I'm sorry, 39%, um, 56% say they grill all year round. 48% say even during a snowstorm, they'll go out and grill. Which is actually higher than the number who grill in the rain. 39% say they have fired up the grill in a downpour, but 48% (laughs) in a snowstorm. We are more likely to fire up the grill in a snowstorm than we are uh, in the rain. Uh, 56% grill year-round. 63% consider it a hobby, grilling. I know a fair number of people who call it an obsession. Uh, But the survey also dug into... Uh, the summer cookout plans for National Grilling Month. And I thought this was kind of interesting. 62% of these uh, grilling-obsessed Americans say they use events like, special events like the 4th of July, these big gatherings and so on, to experiment with different cooking techniques and uh, all of that. So I'm going to do something something new on the grill this weekend. So. We're more likely to grill outdoors during a snowstorm than we are in the rain. We certainly do that uh, year-round, no question. By the way, we were talking about the uh, fireworks law and uh, being a good neighbor and how important it is to keep in mind uh, if you live near veterans uh, who may have issues with fireworks, loud noises, and, and so on. Independence Day is also the most common day of the year for pets to run away because uh, dogs in particular have a much greater range of hearing. So the, the loud noises, the explosions and the flashes of light and all of that, that can be a sensory overload for a canine. So uh, celebrity dog trainer Tom Davis has some tips about keeping your dog safe for the 4th of July. First of all, make sure that they have their ID tags or a microchip uh, so that they can be identified if they do get away because they're scared. The next thing, try to get your dog into a quiet room or give your dog a space where they can go to feel more comfortable if they are stressed. 
might be one of those uh, things where your dogs hear that pop and then they go into their comfort zone or their safe space. Could be a crate, could be the basement, could be a bathroom, whatever. Just make sure that your dog has access to that area so they they can go and feel more comfortable. Um, uh, Let's see here. Make sure that you keep your eyes on your pet, uh, especially if you already know that they're going to be freaked out from the fireworks. But don't take them with you to a fireworks show. Leave them at home. He also uh, recommends the Thunder shirt that uh, swaddles nervous dogs. Uh, that can do wonders, he said, uh, for nervous dogs. And yes, there are CBD products for dogs that can take the edge off. And uh, he said sometimes that will work uh, as well. Basically, he says it's all about eliminating the possibility uh, of escape. Try and... Now, help your uh, dogs with uh, safe spaces. Maybe um, maybe just avoid the fireworks altogether. Take your dog someplace away from where there's going to be fireworks. Go watch the sunset some, somewhere. Do something else where they uh, can't hear them and can't uh, get alarmed by them. Well, did you know the Children's Mentoring Connection is marking their 40th anniversary this year? Uh, Stacy Shaw is uh, here from the uh, CMC. Congratulations on 40 years. That's yeah, uh, so pretty we're, impressive. We're celebrating Kathy's match of 40 years um, this year. So that's what we're... And you have something going on this summer in honor of that, uh, where you're looking for new mentors, uh, ideally 40 new for the 40th anniversary, uh, to match up with kids on your waiting list. It is a... Uh, a passport uh, contest. Yes, so we are um, recruiting heavily for um, new volunteers, for mentors, for all of our mentoring programs. So um, we thought what better way to kick it off as we were celebrating Heidi and Kathy's match um, of 40 years, which is certainly a long time and a great investment in each other, Mm -hmm. that we would set our goal for 40 new volunteers by the end of summer. So that's where we came up with the 40. So, uh, Kathy Pfeiffer is uh, with us uh, this morning, and 40 years uh, as a uh, a mentor ambassador uh, through CMC, uh, 40 years, you know, what what can you say about that experience over the course of four decades? Well, I don't really think about it as in four decades, but what it is is a friendship. It started out as lots of fun with a little girl, Mm -hmm. and since then it's just been a best friend. And our families know each other, and yeah. um, I, I love her children, too. And it's been a wonderful experience for all of us. Um, also with us in the uh, studio, Suzanne Crouch, uh, who is the uh, new development director uh, at the uh, Children's Mentoring Connection. What, what goes into uh, being a mentor and, and so on? I know that you know, a lot of people think, boy, this would be really cool, but I have no idea what I would do with uh, with someone that I would be matched with, with a kid I would be matched with. Well, sure. I mean, um, that's a natural question, I, I think. Um, so we have a lot of programming that we do that um, you could bring your um, mentee to. Um, we do parties in the park. We do things at the Mazza Museum at the University of Finley, which is a lot of fun. But you also can do things that are you know, pretty fun, like just walking in the park or going canoeing. Um, it doesn't have to be something big and elaborate. Just spending that time with your mentee is key and making those relationships and building on that. 
Stacy, we've talked a number of times about the fact that there is always a waiting list. There are always uh, kids who are in need of uh, mentors, and especially in the summertime. This is really important. Yes, absolutely. So we have about uh, about 15 uh, kids on our waiting list, but that doesn't count the kids that we serve during the school year. Um, so some of those kids, then we continue to look at serving during the school year, or if they had an option to have a community match, um, that would be allow, allow them to have a full year experience um, year after year. So um, so we're just always looking for more people to get involved. And, and we always say, and as we talk to our volunteers, and I, I'm sure Kathy can attest to, is they get just as much out of it um, as the mentees do themselves because, um, you know, it's a chance to be a kid again and to do all those fun things that you remember through your childhood, but also a chance to just really be there and be present for a person. Is that maybe the uh, best kept secret of, uh, of the uh, program, uh, getting involved and, and how much you actually get out? I would imagine going in, you didn't expect, you know, to, to get out of, as much out of it on your end. As- the, the big surprise to me was the one-on-one relationship and how much it meant to her. Mm-hmm. And to have a little kid grab my hand to walk places was a new experience. It's different than si- growing up with siblings. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had my own children yet. And um, it was just to see her joy of being close to me and doing things that maybe she hadn't ever done before. It's interesting you mentioned that you actually became a mentor before you were a parent uh, yourself. And I'm sure that that's something that you you hear from time to time. People say, I don't have my own kids. I don't know that I'm good with kids, that kind of thing. Right, absolutely. So people come to us from all all different stages of their life. Um, We have high school students that mentor in our school-based program all the way up to retired folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anywhere in between can fit your stage of life. It's just people's stages of life look differently. But we do see that. We see people who come... um, um, sometimes even before they were married, um, in a relationship, um, and then they get matched, and then that match continues on. And as I've been meeting with a lot of people um, from our past, um, I hear a lot of kids um, who um, were in mentors' weddings, um, and then mm-hmm. I've also heard back the other way as kids yeah. get older than they're in their wedding. So when you look at that elite few that when you're looking at planning your wedding, who you want to stand up with you, I think that in itself speaks volumes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we mentioned the uh, passport uh, contest. Explain how this works. Yes. So the passport contest is really just a fun way for anybody in the community to get involved and have an opportunity to win some prizes. So if you make a referral to us, you don't have to be a part of our program, but certainly if you already are a part, um, for the first referral that you make, then you get um, one stamp on your passport that we keep track of. Um, And then if you bring somebody to one of our events, then you get some bonus stamps. If that person fills out an application, then you get uh, a couple additional stamps. So they all add up. And so throughout this whole summer, then we'll be doing some early bird um, drawings. Uh, like the radio station was gracious enough to, to donate some zoo tickets. So that'll be one of our early bird drawings. Mm-hmm. And then all the way up to the end where we'll have our final drawing. Um, and for adults uh, 21 and over, there'll be four tickets to our unco- Uncorked and Unplugged event, our annual fundraiser. And for those um, under 21, because we also are interested in getting high school students involved, um, then they would have the opportunity for a little bit of a downtown shopping spree along with a pizza party. 
Terrific stuff. So uh, how do folks uh, sign up or how do folks uh, start to participate in this? Right. So probably the best way, easiest way is to um, hop onto our webpage and just shoot us an email. Our webpage is cmchancock.org, or you certainly can give us a call at 419-424-9752. Very good. And uh, again, you're running this throughout the uh, summer season, right up through the uh, Unplugged and Uncorked? Uh, I'm very close to it. So right at the end of summer is when we'll do the the drawing, and then um, then we'll be back talking about yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look forward to that uh, every year. And for those who might be interested in becoming uh, mentors, because again, that's the ultimate goal is to get more new mentors uh, into the program. What is the uh, the process? Uh, kind of take it take us through what it in, what is involved in becoming a mentor. Sure. So when you initially reach out to us, um, we will kind of talk through our different programs to see which program you think would be a good fit for us. Um, And sometimes that evolves and you don't have to decide right away. But there's an application process, um, obviously, and we do background checks and and make sure that everything's safe for all of the kids to, um, to be with them. And then from there, um, once you would be approved, you're assigned a case manager. So you're never alone. There's always, you always have um, tied in with one of our case managers. Very important to point that out. Yeah, so absolutely. So if there's a little hiccup that comes along your way with your match, um, that that you've got somebody to turn to, or, Mm -hmm. you know, if a parent needs some extra things, we can help them connect. So it's really making that that full web of connections. Um, And then with the matching process, um, you have an opportunity to, we'll, we'll talk about kids on our waiting list. We'll present one to you. Um, if you think that's going to be a good fit, because we really, um, really strive to make a great match from the beginning. And then we also present you to the family um, and make sure that they think that that also is a good fit. And then you kind of just start out of the gate. We'll, we'll meet with you together. Usually the first meetings tends to be, especially in the summertime, around an ice cream date um, that the, the mentor and mentee go out and grab ice cream um, and then just get to know each other a little bit. Um, and then from there, it continues to grow. Uh, again, the uh, Children's Mentoring Connection with their uh, passport contest, recruiting new mentors for kids on their waiting list, always such a need, and more information on your website on Absolutely. this, right? Okay, yep. We've got it linked up at our webpage. Again, Stacy Shaw, Suzanne Crouch uh, with the uh, Children's Mentoring Connection, Kathy Pfeiffer, the uh, mentor uh, advocate uh, uh, with us uh, this morning as well. Ladies, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it. Again, goodmornings.net to uh, learn more. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on this. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, we are constantly reminded to thank those who serve to protect and defend our freedoms celebrated on the 4th of July. But the unique sacrifices of military spouses often go overlooked it's high time we celebrate them as well. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.